0: Welcome, I'm Doug Morgan, and you're listening to Uncommon Sense, where we hunt for the truth in the topics you're not supposed to talk about, Christianity and politics. If you haven't noticed, June is Pride Month, but the Bible says that pride comes before fall. (laughs) But we see this month company after company, after company that are falling all over themselves trying to show their pride this month. One of those companies, believe it or not, is Fox News. And in an article from the Daily Wire, they say that a shocking Fox News report promoting radical gender ideology sparked intense backlash from a conservative media. But based on the past and current programming, the cable news network's biggest primetime star is not on board with the narrative the segment which ran just a little over a week ago on fox news featured a child named rylan winnington who was socially transitioned as a boy at just get this age five by her parents yes age five reporter uh, brian lennis heaped praise on uh, rylan whose mother wrote a book about the experience, for having the extraordinary courage, as they put it, to share the story, particularly at a time when transgender issues have, have been politicized. Now, Carlson last Monday evening had author Abigail Schreier on his program to discuss uh, the uh, trans kid uh, contagion, which Schreier has become a frequent target of uh, deplatforming efforts over the 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 uh, fact that she has a best-selling book called "Irreversible Damage: The Transgender Craze Seducing Our Daughters," which explores the tentacles of the trans movement and the the dangers of transitioning our our children. "Quote: It does nobody any help to lie about this, and the media has participated in uh, in nonstop whitewashing of this issue, as if all that happens." To children, as long as they have good parents who love them, you just sprinkle magic pixie dust and they just go from girl to boy, Schreier told Carlson. In, in fact, what you're setting them up for is a lifetime of infertility, sexual dysfunction, and surgery after surgery, many of which fail, the author continued. And she also said, Uh, And and the last thing I'm going to do is lie to the American public about that. Actually, Carlson even responded with amen. (laughs) But but Carlson then showed a clip from a a documentary he's been working on uh, about the transgender and gender uh, contagion and, and, and the aftermath entitled Transgressive. Uh, the Ingram angle and and host Laura Ingram, if you haven't uh, seen or heard her, she's she's very good. Um, another big time ratings grabber, of course, for Fox News, and and her her show is very popular. They ran a segment last Wednesday, uh, taking on the trans lies, specifically focusing on children and gender transitions which ingram bluntly deemed as child abuse and i would as well uh, ingram welcomed guest scott nugent a, a, a biologically female transgender man who arguably spoke uh, and, and angrily spoke about uh, out uh, against the transgender transitions uh, in the daily wires groundbreaking documentary what is a woman if you haven't seen that documentary i highly encourage you to be able to do so what is a woman uh, is very well done. It it's it's done even with some humor and taking a very uh, heavy subject and and being able to to look into uh, the the whole thing. It's it, please if if you haven't been able to see it, go watch What is a Woman. Um, the the defiant host even posted the segment uh, to her personal Twitter account, captioned uh, the video as. Truth about the transformation, yes, transformation of our kids, where puberty blockers were readily available, suicide rates actually went up. Some uh, frequent Fox News guests, uh, including Daily Wire's editor Emeritus Ben Shapiro, uh, podcast host and author Matt Walsh and the Blaze TV's Allie Beth Stuckey called out Fox News by name after the woke segment ran. Now, Shapiro bluntly called the, the report absolutely horrifying propaganda, deeming the actions of Ryland's parents as child abuse. Walsh encouraged other conservatives to call this evil lunacy out wherever um, that that they see it, especially on our own side. And, quote, I have appeared on Fox News many times. Uh, he said in a tweet and I apparently and I, and I appreciate the platform that they've given me. If what I'm about to say ruins that relationship, well then so be it. Uh, Stuckey said uh, that she was stunned by the maddening and heartbreaking report, quote I'm stunned that Fox News ran a segment celebrating a girl whose parents transitioned her into a boy when she was five because she apparently told them that she was a boy before she could even talk. She posted uh, this to Twitter and said absolutely maddening and heartbreaking. So what we what what we have here from from those that that promote sex change surgery, is that it's saving their life, is what they're saying. Can, and, and, and that poses the question, can sex change surgery really save someone's life? Again, uh, Michael Brown from The Daily Wire says, what are parents to do when their when when gender-conflicted child says it's either transition or suicide? What are we to make of the stories from individuals who claim that sex change surgery saved their lives? And how does this line up with the argument that there is no such thing as gender transition and that in the end, attempts to transition do more harm than good? Well, without a doubt, there are children and adults who feel so tormented. By their, you know, their, their internal gender conflict, that they truly believe it's either transition or suicide. The inner anguish really must be intense. To cite one example, about ten years ago, um, this this author spoke with with uh, a, a a Christian man who identified as and lived as a woman. As a result, he told Canon Lee um, this person this author that he he destroyed his marriage, he um, he rendered uh, basically his wife a, a virtual widow and alienated his children. And when the author asked him, what about the biblical command to love your wife as yourself and lay your life down for her? Why didn't didn't he put you know her first? Well, he asked, it it was either transition or suicide is what his answer was so to the core of his being he believed this to be true and and to to this day he is still living as a woman others have shared similar stories and, and claim that that sex change surgery and hormone treatments have saved their lives and at last they say they they have peace of mind there are even major uh, surveys that claim the, the the vast majority of those who transition do not attempt to go back to the bi- biological sex, uh, you know. Surely, this speaks of success, right? Well, reality is though, and and reality is is a stubborn thing. Here's here's why it's not necessarily so. No amount of surgery or homo- hormones can genetically change a man into a woman or vice versa. Several other studies indicate that the, the suicide rate of trans identified people after surgery is massively higher than that of comparable peers. And and this cannot simply be blamed on societal marginalization. There is more sex change regret than is widely reported. In fact, a growing chorus of of you know desperate voices is 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 speaking out boldly against trying to to transition children the vast majority of kids who identify as transgender if left alone to develop and grow of course will not identify as such after puberty this is even admitted to by trans activists and and even in cases of success there is always a better way unless unless you believe that mutating or removing perfectly healthy organs and subjecting someone to a lifelong regime of hormones is the best case scenario. I mean, according to the, the, the sex change regret website, quote, up to 20% have regrets about their sex change. Sex change procedures are not effective, say researchers. So even though many of, the, of those who attempt to change their sex through surgery do not express regrets, some do. And obviously, something is still wrong—terribly wrong. Meaning that that mutating or removing healthy body parts and manufacturing new ones does not cure the inner pain and conflict that they have. Otherwise, why the high suicide rate? The 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 post-transgender community has their own response to the topic. Of course, now, some have argued that the the reason uh, that we don't hear more reports from people uh, experiencing sex change regret is because they have dropped off the map uh, not responding to follow-up questions on surveys Uh, in in many cases tragically this is because they've actually taken their own lives like kelly or scott nugent uh featured is, is one we talked about earlier featured in matt walsh's documentary what is a woman uh told the author here that that she had has spoken to hundreds of people who have Tried to change their gender. Only a few of them, she claims, are happy today with their decisions. The left has a rebuttal for this as well, of course, though. As for Kelly herself, who is in trans, trans terminology a female to male or trans male, she deeply regrets her own sexual change efforts, um, recognizing that no amount of surgeries or drugs can make her into a man. Uh, Kelly also pointed to the emotional collapse that she experienced about seven years after her her transition attempts. Uh, At that point, she claims, reality begins to settle in, uh, leading to deep depression, if not worse. Now, experiences like Kelly's R.Y. Dr. Paul McHugh, uh, upon, upon becoming a psychiatrist-in-chief uh, at Johns Hopkins Hospital in 1975, decided to test the claim that men who had undergone sex change surgery found resolution for their um, many general psychological problems and demanded more information before and after surgery. With the help of a fellow psychiatrist, uh, he found that most of the patients in in, in his and uh, those of his colleagues, of course, uh, tracked down some years uh, after the surgery were content uh, with what they had done, and that only a few regretted it. But that was only part of the story. McHugh noted that in every other respect they were little changed in their psychological condition. They had many of the same problems with relationships, with work and emotions as before. The hope that after transitioning, they would emerge from this emotional difficulties to flourish psych- psych- psychologically had not been fulfilled. McHugh explained further that we saw the result, this is him speaking, we saw the result of the, uh, demonstrating that just as these men enjoyed cross-dressing as as women before the operation, so they enjoyed cross-dressing living after it. But they were no better in their psychological uh, integration or any easier to live with. With these facts in hand, I conducted that Hopkins was fundamentally cooperating with mental illness. We psychiatrists I thought, would do better to concentrate on trying to fix their minds and not their genitalia. He continued, as for the adults who came to us claiming to have discovered their true sexual identity and to have heard about sex-changing operations, we psychiatrists have been distracted from studying the causes and the natures of their mental mis." Directions by comparing them uh, and preparing them for surgery and for a life in another sex. We have wasted scientific and technological resources and damaged our professional credibility by uh, collaborating with madness uh, rather than trying to study, cure, and ultimately prevent it. In short, McHugh concluded the problem was in the mind, not the member his his conclusions remain the same even to this day for which he is widely reviled of course and in his, in his words he is he's absolutely convinced that the transgender movement is folly and it's going to collapse just as the eugenics folly collapsed as as for his views about Attempting to transition children? Well, Dr. McHugh states explicitly in in a November 18th of 2009 email, he said, quote, I hold that interfering medically or surgically with the natural development of young people claiming to be transitioned is a form of child abuse. Tragically today, there are thousands of children being subject to this kind of child abuse. Uh, How many... How many more Kira Bells do we need to read about before this madness comes to a screeching halt? I I do not deny that many of of those who have transitioned feel at home in their you know reconstructed bodies and believe that they are fully whole or something. Um, and, And and I I do not deny that many parents genuinely believe they are helping their children by encouraging their transition. But just as we do not give liposuction to anorexics, um, to quote a, a malign Dr. McHugh again, uh, and, and instead seek to address the, the, the root of the cause. We should devote our medical, psychological, and spiritual efforts to help these trans-identified people from the inside out. Surely, that's the compassionate way, right? But what is The compassionate way and what does really the data say if if we really want to get into the data of it all uh heritage.org uh uh, and uh, there's a piece there that that is written by jay green jp green he's a, a phd and he said when faced with the divisive political arguments the left has a bad habit of of putting uh it on the the figurative lab coats and conducting lousy research and then then declaring that science has re- re- resolved the dispute in its favor this tendency was on full display during the pandemic I and mean, if you didn't obey the fox science uh, orders on masks uh, social distancing or school closures you must have wanted people to die <laughs> This political abuse of science is really, it, it's it's emerging again on the issue of gender dysphoria in adolescence. The, the Biden administration and its allies are declaring that if gender-affirming care in the form of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones is not wild, widely and readily available to trans-identifying children, uh, young people trapped in the bodies that that do not conform to their declared sex, will despair and commit suicide. Well, Recently, former White House spokesperson Jen Psaki reacted to an Alabama law that uh, restricts prescribing puberty blockers and cross-sex ho- hormones to minors as uh, interfering with medical necessities and life-saving health care, as she put it. These comments echo those of advocates like Sarah Hart, for instance, who de- declared that laws and systems barring gender-affirming health care will continue to, to uh, higher rates of significant mental health problems, including deaths by suicide. Uh, state policymakers in California and in Washington and elsewhere are responding to laws such as the one in Alabama by uh, advancing legislation that makes puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones more accessible to the young. But deja vu, the science used to justify these claims and policy changes, is extremely weak, of course. Only a handful of studies examine the relationship between cross-sex hormone treatments and suicide risks that compare outcomes for teenagers who receive such care to those who sought it but did not receive it. No study uses a casual research design, such as a randomized control trial which is typically of course required for approving drugs for instance instead many of these studies compare minors who received interventions to those who were unable to get them and and find low rates of uh, you know contemplating suicide there are many defects in this research first these studies rely upon Surveys of trans-identifying adults recruited recruited from trans support and, and advocacy groups. So, they are not representative of all people who have experienced gender dysphoria uh, as adolescents. In in particular, these studies are less likely to include people who resolved these issues without medical intervention, and people who had regret about receiving puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones. In addition, comparing uh, of people who sought and receive puberty blockers and across sex hormones with those unable to receive them doesn't give the full picture one of the requirements for receiving these interventions is being labeled as psychologically stable so so the the fact that suicidal um you know ident- identification as as higher among people who identified but could not get these drugs may result maybe the result of their being disqualified because they were psychologically unstable when when they when they sought them. And existing studies make no effort to control the prior mental health conditions. In a new report released by the Heritage Foundation, we can uh, the, the, they they conducted a more rigorous examination of the issue. They found that easing access to cross-sex treatments without parental consent significantly increased suicide rates. Um, They they compare annual youth suicide rates in states that allow minors to access care without uh, parental consent to states that do not, and the data clearly show no difference in youth suicide rates between these two groups of states for over a decade before the 2010 year, when this issue of puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones uh, really started to begin. Now, around that time, a, dif- a difference in suicide rates emerged, and the gap acceler- accelerated after 2015 when cross cross sex treatments be became even more common. There is a 14 percent increase, a 14 percent increase in suicide rates among children uh, and young people uh, by 2020 in states that have a provision allowing minors to access care without parental consent. Uh, or a relative uh, in, in that state. Uh, easier access to puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones uh, by minors actually exacerbated these the suicide rates. Importantly, we do not observe any difference between these groups of states in the suicide rates among young children and, and young adults who would be you know, unaffected by policies that facilitate cross-sex drugs to minors. Suicide rates accelerate only among young people who could be affected by policies easing access to these drugs the relative increase in suicide rates only occurs after cross-sex treatment are introduced and the trajectory of the increase matches the prevalence of these interventions so as they get get more and more counseling and they get introduced to more and more of these drugs that's when the suicide rate goes even higher, um, despite what the left-leaning activists may tell us. Science does not demonstrate that puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones are are necessary to prevent suicides, and in fact, if anything, it demonstrates the opposite. But science and data means nothing to this liberal administration. By Bi- the Biden administration, uh, holds school lunch. Lunch is hostage to radical gender uh, transgender agenda. This is actually a, an, an article uh, again from theheritage.org and Sarah um, uh, uh, Perry, who uh, who wrote one on on June thirteenth of uh, of this year, said that there's been plenty of stress over the upcoming Title IX rule change from the Department of Education, one that will expand the uh, prohibition against sex discrimination under Title IX of the Education Amendments uh, of 1972 to gender identity discrimination, and the turbulent emotion is well warranted. Such a change uh, anticipated to be released this month will, among other things, open up every single sex restroom Um Locker room, housing, accommodation, sports teams, and administration program to the opposite sex, if the individuals simply claim to be female. Uh, in a June release, which of course coincides with Title IX's 50th anniversary and, of course, the LGBTQIA2S+ Pride Month, um, because of the significance of the new rule, it might have been easy to to miss. But the, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has recently announced that it, too, will be interpreting the prohibition on discrimination based on sex found in Title IX to include sexual orientation and gender identity, except it goes further. It will also expand the sex discrimination uh, um, definition found in the Food and Nutrition Act of 2008, amending the the you know the supplemental nutrition assistance program which of course was formerly known to many as food stamps so the food stamp program right um and they're going to interpret that the same way so why does this matter well it matters because it holds food for needy children hostage to their transgender ad- agenda i mean in a memorandum from may the the usda directed all state agencies and food nutrition programs uh, and, and their operators to um, exp- uh, expeditiously review their program, discrimination complaint, uh, as as they put it, uh, procedures, and make any changes necessary to ensure complaints alleging discrimination on base of gender identity and sexual orientation are processed and evaluated as compliance of discrimination on the basis of sex. That's exactly how they put it. Well, as with all of its other expansions of sex discrimination in federal law, the administration has has, has just basically used one court case. It was the U.S. Supreme Court's uh, Bostock versus Clayton County, uh, which was um, basically even though even though the Supreme Court said this was only a uh, a, a Title VII issue. It only related to Title Seven. The Biden administration says, nope, we're going to take that and we're going to run with it for Title IX. Well, even major media outlets such as the US, USA Today's Fact Check um, were forced to admit that Biden's executive order called for a broader application of last year's Supreme Court Bostock versus Clayton County ruling. <laughs> so. Even even the fact checkers <laughs> had to admit that this is this is wrong, but the Food and and, and, and Nutrition Act uh, establishes the National School Lunch Program. So they so basically what's happening here is approximately one hundred thousand public and private schools and even some residential childcare facilities receive federal funding to provide subsidized, free and reduced. Price meals and uh, for qualifying children, and now they're not going to get it if they don't adhere to the gender identity and anti discrimination policies of open bathrooms and locker rooms and sports teams, and 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 and, and uh, you know competition, all that stuff. They have to they have to basically say we're not going to give you money if you don't do this. Well, that that's that's just the that's just the Biden administration's weaponization of federal law and, and whether Title Nine, the food and and Nutrition Act, or other things, um they're they're basically they're they're strong arming American schools and students and families into compliance with their gender fluid policies. and and it it just doesn't seem to end. It just keeps going on and on. and And, of course, I mean, this is what the Biden administration. This is what Biden himself on the campaign trail, this is what he promised he would do. And so this shouldn't be any surprise to anyone. I mean, this is exactly what he said he would do. This is exactly what is happening. And this this kind of damage that that is being done to our children uh, of of this country, and and it is, is absolutely horrific, if you look at the science and you understand, I mean, you don't even have to come about it from a biblical point of view. You can just simply look at the data. You can simply look at the science. You can simply look at what's happening here and understand that this is wrong and this is child abuse. abuse. Now we will see who will step forward and advocate for our kids because this is wrong and something needs to change and it needs to change now. Now you can you can agree with this, you can disagree with this, but I would love to have that conversation with you. And you can always do that at uncommonsensepodcast.com. Thank you very much for listening. This podcast is a production of Morganite Communications.